Hello and welcome to Funny Science Fiction, the live edition. Yeah, I don't know that I'm going to get used to the the live edition portion of that introduction. <laughs> That's going to take some time, or we're going to have to get somebody better to voice it. <clears throat> Andrew, <clears throat> Andrew. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I was going to say we can't afford James Earl Jones, but no, no. But you know, when you know people in the voiceover industry. <clears throat> Andrew, um, you know, you know, sometimes that's an easier thing to do. So uh, welcome to Funny Science Fiction Live, guys. We're really excited to have you uh, all here tonight and watching and listening in at home, playing the home version of Funny Science Fiction Live. But uh, we want you to meet the audience here um, who's in our, our our little corral of funniness. So um, we have a couple of guests with us tonight, and our guests are the host of the voiceover coffee shop and the man whose name I was coughing just a moment ago, Andrew Morrison. Andrew, thank you for being here. It's a pleasure. Yeah. And then we also have the co-host of within the head of Fred and ending the stigma. He hosts those two, those two wonderful podcasts, Fred Carroll, Fred, thank you for being our guest as well. Thank you. Thanks for letting me come in. I'm not funny though. I'm not a funny guy. I think you're funny in your own way. Got <laughs> it. Usually not in a PG way, though. <laughs> you're, you're really challenging me. Tonight. Well, I have absolute faith in you that you can pull it off. I will. I will. We're helping you expand your boundaries. Well, because see, when we were talking about what to do on the show tonight, he kept telling me he was a pro. So we're going to put this to a little bit of a challenge tonight and, and see. <laughs> so John did like the new intro that John Wass is Kathleen's. Uh, husband, that's the, the one that she said she can't control anymore. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's going to be commenting quite often. And then, of course, Mick said hi to everyone except for Fred. That, <laughs> might, have, that might have something to do with last night's <laughs> with last night's show of within that of Fred. I'll let you guys find out that one on your own. I just hear the name Fred, and I'm like, I'm I, I get it. My older well, brother's name is Fred, and I'm just like every time you say it, I'm like, you know, I I don't. I don't yeah. get it. There, there is that. I understand not welcoming Fred. Sorry. So be before we get into everything else uh, and the reason why we have these two guys here, I have something I want to show off real quick. And uh, there's a gentleman that I've been doing a little bit of work with. Um, so he, he hosts or runs a company rather called Bark Art. So I got to back up a little bit so you all can see this. He made this for me. Hope you guys can see that nice and clear. Oh, neat. Yeah, that is uh, Thor's hammer. That's Molnir, and uh, so he made this for me. He used to make them these really big ones, and I told him, "I said, well, I want one that's more wieldy, one that's more, you know, worthy for Tim to wield." Yes. <laughs> what's, it made that, of, what's it made of, Tim? It's actually made out of wood. It's that's it's it's called uh, the company is called uh, called Barkart. So it just uh, has to yeah. be light enough that Tim can actually pick it up. That's well, it wasn't so much that. As uh, Nathan has pointed out, I'm pure of heart. Thank you very much. Suck up. <laughs> That's why I like Nathan. But anyway, if you go to uh, Facebook and you look up Bark Art, uh, these guys can do, if it's made out of wood, they can do it. They, they put it together. They send it out. They have some amazing stuff going on over there. Um, uh, but check them out. Um, all the things they're doing. He has a Captain America shield that he's done. It looks really cool. Um but before they get super popular, you're going to want to get your orders in now. Throw some business their way. It's a uh, a nice up-and-coming company. And yes, Nathan, I am worthy. Thank you for noting it. All right. So. <laughs> Back up. That's right. All right. So we've got, a, we've got a little bit of a different tone here tonight with, with our two guests. We're going to play a little bit of a game with them. We asked them. Uh, instead of doing our regular interview style show where we bring somebody on, we ask them questions and, you know, kind of our normal shtick. What we thought would be fun is to have these two gentlemen on from different podcasts, different, different lanes, and have them introduce to us the worst sci-fi in their opinion. And then try to sell us on it. They, they're not going to tell us the name of the show, but they're going to kind of sell us on it and why we should want to watch it and try to make it sound like a good sci-fi show or movie. Give us that sales pitch. Tell us what it is without telling us what it is. All right. So who wants to be guinea pig number one? Who wants to be first? 
Andrew, uh, you're younger and better. Your okay. tribute, I <laughs> and this is when we find out they actually picked the same show. Yeah, I, I doubt that. My show probably came out before Andrew was even born. Well, you know what? I didn't. I did because I didn't ask them what uh, um, you know what their shows were because that would be cheating. So there's a, there's a possibility we could be sharing. My lovely wife says hello, podcasters. Hello, Shayna. Hello. Anyway, I'll stop flirting. So he does it uh, every time, I guys. Won't. It's gross. I do. I flirt. <laughs> She's the only one I get to flirt with. She gets it all. That's the way it works. All right. So go ahead, Andrew. Tell us about uh, tell us about your worthy sci-fi. All right. So there's this man out in the middle of the woods, and he was never able to reproduce. He never never had a child of his own. So he started to take forth his love of zoology and create this superhuman being, but it gets a little out of control and the murders and the drownings and oh, the teeth. But then they, they find out that they only have three days in order to destroy this creation, to keep it from reproducing and taking over the world. And I'll give you a hint. It's the sci-fi original. Oh. So not Zoolander. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's not a comedy. <laughs> not a comedy. Okay. All right. Anybody have any first round real guesses? Hmm. Wow. Dead silence. I, I am trying to think of something. No, I, I have one, but I was going to give them an opportunity to go first. So I have a guess. Any what is guesses? Tim's guess? It's Eric, Tim. Uh, um, did you say it was a sci-fi original, like a sci-fi channel original? Mm-hmm. Oh, then my guess is going to be way wrong then. Okay. I was going to say Island of Dr. Moreau. <laughs> but uh, so it's definitely not that. Okay. Love of zoology. All right. Do you have more hints for us or is that where the hit train stops? Um, the His, um, his creation is... Um, is of his favorite amphibious creature. No, amphibious. I guess this creature would be amphibious, but it wasn't originally amphibious. Hmm, how would I spend this? Does it have water in the title? No. Mm-mm. Kathleen, no Google searching. I am not. I don't believe you. <laughs> I believe you, Kathleen. Thank you. I'm also just logged into our YouTube, not just to give us extra views <laughs> juking the stats all right uh let's see um would it be an animal no Mm-mm. so it's amphibious um so, it's amphibious so. now it's confusing it is. it is confusing the frog prince <laughs> um, so it's not sharknado then because that's not amphibious no but close oh i got a close sharknado's close so ian zaring is in it (laughs) (laughs) that's a solid um, choice he had the um the the creature that was fused right oh it's a shark person Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh. Shark Boy and Lava Girl? No. Nope. Street Shark. Nope. Oh, that's a really good movie, Shark Boy. <laughs> Nathan says... I feel says, like I saw the commercial for it once and did the... Yeah, no, I'm not watching that. Probably. The Incredible, incredible Mr. Mr. Limpet. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right. John says Sharktopus. Nope. I, is that a thing? Is that an actually a movie? Is, is shark? I hope not. I hope not either because the shark the shark was fused, fused with um the fetus of a human, not not another animal. Baby shark, baby shark. How many thousands of times have I heard that song? I want to go play in traffic for having just said it. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> okay, Nick, what are you finding in your Google history over there? Because he stopped talking and the head went down. I'm like, he's Googling. 
Oh, Nick. Is it a trailer park shark? It is not, but that is a movie I'm intrigued about now. I think you've just convinced me to watch a new so, movie that I'm going to hate. Is that like, is that like Trailer Park Boys meets Sharknado? I don't know. I, I just, <laughs> I just logged into Sci-Fi to see what was on their thing, and they got shark sharks and more sharks section. Wow. Um, You're just scrolling through their shark I've, options. I've, I've been neglecting sci-fi originals. Well, probably with good reason. Let's let's be fair. Okay, I give them a little bit of credit for Warehouse 13 and Eureka. Well, yeah, and but that was about it. <laughs> but that was when they were the Sci-Fi Channel. That was and not Siffy. Not Siffy. Once they became Siffy, there was other issues. All right. Uh, so there was a there was a, a shark that was joined with a fetus. Mm-hmm. I, you know what? Is it I, Nightmare Shark? It is not. Oh. I got nothing. I am so in the dark on this one. I so, uh, <laughs> the scientist becomes the shark's father figure, and so, but then the discoverers of this experience have to defeat the shark to keep it from reproducing and taking over the world. So be, before we get to the point where you actually tell us what the name of the show is, I have to. This is a show you've watched, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So this was this is one that you have suffered through, and that you didn't just pick up and what it had. It had a lot of potential. I will say that the concept was good. The execution, not so much. And it's a show, not a movie. It is a movie. (laughs) Okay, one singular movie. No, no offspring from the movie. No second part two. No sequels. No. It happened, and it. it, Yeah, I, I don't even know how to describe the experience of watching it but it happened and i feel like the um lack of a sequel is probably a better thing so according to nathan it's so where did you see it where did you watch it in the movies on tv on sci-fi channel okay on sci-fi channel on tv yeah back when sci-fi channel was sci-fi channel oh boy yeah, I have to say, I really have no clue what we're talking about, and clearly it's not, the, according to Nathan, I'll put that back up on the screen, The Adventures of Stephen Hawking and Shark Boy. <laughs> uh, although, I might watch that. <laughs> um, Shall I build you a shark? Hammerhead frenzy. Hammerhead Shark Frenzy. Mm-hmm. That was the name of it. That was the name of it. Wow. Hmm. Now tell us why it's bad. Yeah, so tell us. So other than the fact that it was on the Sci-Fi channel, uh, tell us why it was bad. I have now pulled up the Wikipedia page for it, and the picture just makes it look like it's bad. So the, that, the concept had so much potential of going for this almost Frankenstein's monster meets shark like it, it it was just this beautiful beautiful concept and i expected a lot from it i was like oh man a shark man like this could be so well done but then you sit and watch it and it's definitely a rushing through the woods with a shaky camera to try to give off the depiction of hey maybe there's more going on here than that's actually going on here when you finally see the shark then it's just chicken wire and plastic and that could have all <laughs> been forgiven if not for the fact that the main female protagonist almost ended up having sex with the thing in <laughs> order to reproduce and create this new species of human shark people. Andrew, this is a PG show. They tried to make love. <laughs> they tried to make love. Coitus. Well, I think, you know. Yeah. They almost tried to hold hands once in, in this doctor's basement. And oh, no. it, it ruined it. Mm. See what happens, Tim, when you bring us on the show? It goes right to reality. Uh, clearly, yeah. Uh, so that happened. Wow. Uh, so I'm assuming, I'm, I'm going to bring up this this picture. Um, yep. If it, uh, let's see, it's well, if it works. Your computer says No! Yeah, Don't pretty much. It. Don't share this with the world. So is is this the one we're talking about right here? Yes, it is. Half man, half shark. Total terror. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 
I would watch that. Well, it's a hammerhead, you know. So, I'd rather watch uh, Street Sharks. <laughs> well, yeah. Ignore the YouTube comments, Tim. Sharkenstein's <laughs> John. <laughs> I know what I'm watching this weekend. <laughs> not with me, you're not. <laughs> Sharkenstein's monster. All right. Okay. So we've we have figured out one movie to avoid. Fred, what's your choice? Okay. So as you know, I'm not a huge sci-fi guy. Not a huge I, sci-fi guy to begin with. But you know that. But I went through a phase because <laughs> I did I grew up with an uncle who owned a comic book store. So as a child, I was surrounded by comics. And what turned me off initially to sci-fi, just so you know, just a little backstory is because I was huge into Howard the Ducks and Conan's and all those things. And then the the movies came out and they ruined the comic. So Mm -hmm. I turned away from stuff like that. Now, I love Howard the Duck, the movie now. I don't don't know why. Because it's so awful, it's good. That was almost but a movie I, I moved back into sci-fi in my teen years because um, in a PG way, alcohol was indru- introduced into my life and I'd come home and watch these crazy movies, mostly John Waters types movies and stuff like that. But I'm going to read to you piece by piece and let you guess. So this movie that I picked is from 1986 and it's oh boy. in the city of Lost Angels. The second dark age and two forces are in conflict. A mystical order of women warriors take hope in a sacred power crystal and seek to rebuild the wasteland. Does it ring any bells? It shouldn't, because if it does, you had a really bad <laughs> childhood. But I honestly watched this movie a few times. And it came out in 86. 1986. I'm going to continue with the description because I'm, yeah, that, keep going. I, I'm, go, go, I'm, yeah. I'm that confident you're not going to get it. So, well, so I would say so far we're you're well, on the dark side. The evil doctor flanked by his army of hellion oppressors wants to rid the world of good forever. The doctor sets out to steal the crystal but the sisterhood defends it with their lives. Unfortunately, the crystal is lost forever. When, during a desperate chase, the doctor plummets with it into a great bottomless divide. And I can tell you, this has nuns in it. (laughs) Nuns. And it has comedy to it, but it's comedy sci-fi. And I could also tell you it has five sequels oh god five and all six combined might have made ten thousand dollars but it has just off of you (laughs) no i bought (laughs) i could tell you a little thing about that i got the vhs tape okay in 1986 for kathleen and andrew those are those things that we would put into machines (laughs) and then these machines would show really poor quality movies on a screen (laughs) familiar with the concept oh yeah it's, it was fun but uh yes. it's such a uh, well i'm supposed to tell you it's a good movie but obviously it's not so on the back cover it's so bad that they use scenes from another movie on the vhs tape the oh scenes my. on the back aren't even in the movie so you know the movie's bad Nathan would like to know if he was a doctor in the way that his dentist is a doctor. Eh, Yeah, because it was so science fiction based and stuff. (laughs) You know, I could also tell you the theory behind this was without giving, I admitted the title from the description because it had it many times. But the theory behind this wasteland was all the machinery could not be used anymore. Cars couldn't be used trains, airplanes were all eliminated during this craziness. It wasn't Star Crystal, was it? No. No. Star Crystal didn't have nuns in it. I could also tell you the guy that created this. He wrote it and created it. Sadly, he's passed on. Okay. Maybe great for the movie industry. 
His name is Donald G. Jackson. And I did some research on Donald G. Jackson. Go for it. What I found out about him was his first movie was financed when he accidentally took three of his fingers off in a factory accident while working. And he took the lawsuit money and put it into this film. This is how his career started. (laughs) I shouldn't be laughing at that. I I just find it absurd that that's how he got started. That's how he got started. And he is a, or was a creepy, creepy dude. But I mean, he had 50 movies in his life. 50. Wow. And six of them were this amazing film that I want you to watch tonight. <laughs> I could tell you some of his other titles if that helps. Sure, why not? Let's give it a try. Rollerblade? Um Max Hell Frog Warrior. Rock, well, that helps. Rock and Roll Cops Light. Hawk Warrior of the Wheel Zone. Naked Avenger. The Witch's Brew. And just so you know, somebody just said the title. Who who just made a guess? Rollerblades? Yes, it is rollerblades. Oh my god. Wow. <laughs> this is Andrew pulling it out from the dark. There we go. All right. This, I watch a lot of sci-fi. <laughs> this is rollerblades. And it is horrible. Horrible, but you have to watch it. You can't turn away. It's really <laughs> Really, really bad. All right. So uh, other than the obvious, what else made it horrible? Well, everything about from from the writing, the it started at the writing. It started when they said action. <laughs> they just, <laughs> it just went downhill from there. And go. Right. And they should have just that said, but, but these guys clearly were making, it, they put a lot of comedy into it. And the nuns. The sisters that I mentioned are the catalyst of the film. They are the crime fighters, and they're on rollerblades. Everybody in the film it travels by rollerblade. Mm-hmm. And there's five sequels to this. Five. So there's a rollerblade five out there somewhere. Rollerblade oh, six. There is rollerblade all the way up to rollerblade seven. And then after seven, there's the legend of rollerblade seven. And then there's the return <laughs> of rollerblade seven. I did not know there were that many. Then there's Frankenblade. <laughs> what? Wow. <laughs> and Roller Gator. He's got an alligator roller. <laughs> roller Blade 4. The blade rolls again. <laughs> this guy is out there. Wow. But this was one of those movies that I mixed in with my John Waters stuff when I would come home late at night. I'd pop in a film. You know, because it was either that or MTV back in 1986. Well, sure. And you pop it in, and I was either going to watch Divine or I was going to watch Rollerblade. And Rollerblade just fell into it. Divine was more to get my parents mad because nothing got a good old Mormon father more upset than a man that dressed in drag. <laughs> well, yeah, that would that would accomplish that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It was 86, though. But you guessed it. See, so now I feel like a failure. Well, it wasn't us that guessed it. It was no. Andrew. So. And you yeah, still but... did a brilliant job, because that took me a minute, because I, I saw, I did not know there were that many, but I have seen Rollerblades. and I just can't believe that there's that many movies about people on Rollerblades fighting crime. That and just... I initially I initially was going to go with Maximum Overdrive. I was going to do a Maximum Overdrive one. <laughs> because... I'm a huge Stephen King fan, but that's a nightmare of a film also. In a different way, yeah. It's hard to sell that because the minute I mention, there's only one plot to that movie, you know? Right. The minute I mentioned it, if I said the goblin truck, bam, you guys got it. And done. Right. So I had to really dig deep (laughs) into my history. And I'm an older, I'm an elder gentleman at this point. So my mind doesn't work as quick. (laughs) So that's all I got for you, though. No, that was that was good. That was I I think you have uh, scarred me though because I didn't realize <laughs> that that many movies could be done about people on rollerblades fighting crime. I, I my husband my, has messaged me that he wants to watch both of them now. Yeah, my yes. brain's a little my brain's a little stuck in that point right now. Not gonna lie. So you should pull up the the picture for that one though, Tim. I don't know I, that I want to. I yeah, messaged it to our chat. It's 
Well, what you really should do, anybody out there, after this show is over, go to YouTube and watch the trailer. And Andrew will <laughs> appreciate this. Even the guy that does the voice, they clearly hired off the street. You know, <laughs> this guy is not in a world. This guy is like, the nuns are coming to get you. <laughs> you know, he's very bad. He's a really bad voiceover guy. There it is. Look at that. And there's a, you know, I know this is a PG show, so there is a lot of nudity in it, but it's that 80s nudity where. <laughs> I, it, I was looking at the, the 80s suit there in the high cut. Yeah. Yeah. So Join us next 80s. week for the live funny science fiction watch party of all rollerblades. <laughs> <laughs> all 19, all the time. Watch as our brains melt before your eyes. Yeah, it's, it, it's so bad. It's really good. Remember, Fred, just because you failed doesn't make you a failure. Hashtag Rollerblade98. And this guy, I realized this. So as, a, as a screenwriter, I know I haven't mentioned my background yet, but as a screenwriter, a failed screenwriter because I haven't sold anything in 20 years, this guy is dead. There's no reason for me not to take over the rollerblade <laughs> industry and just go with it. Clearly, there's a market there, Fred, that you're ignoring. There is. Um, I'm going to cut my fingers off tomorrow, try to sue someone, and make the next eight rollerblades. But now they have to be like hoverboards or wheelies. or. <laughs> I mean, having seen the rollerblades at least one of the rollerblades movies if you did decide to cut all your fingers off you could probably write it a lot better yes <laughs> most likely yeah it's funny science fiction podcast does not endorse the watching of these films as they may cause cancer <laughs> <laughs> all right so well that's uh yeah i think you both brought something both interesting and yet scary at the same time to the, <laughs> to the consciousness of not only the host here on the show, but those who have been kind enough to watch us for the first half hour of this train wreck. So uh, <laughs> my husband is looking up both of them and how we can watch them this weekend. Rollerblade 13, Fred rolls again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you, you guys tried to sell us on what sucks. So let's, let's now move over to, what doesn't suck? Uh, Fred, I'm going to have you go first this time since you are you went last. But let's talk about the sci-fi that you do like. Well, and it all evolved. Trying to come, back, come back to. The, the one film that changed me and brought me back from the comic, like I told you before, how the comic book to the movie turned me off to sci-fi because I didn't believe in cinema could recreate the stories I was reading. The one that brought me back was the last Starfighter. Mm, oh, yeah. The last yep. Starfighter. The, it was just like the comic. The comic was amazing. It was so much fun to read. It had it all. But then the movie really stayed true to it, to a point. You know, for, for the mm -hmm. most point, it stayed true. Comic books always have a little more freedom in them, you know, from sure. the, even the Ninja Turtles. That's something that turned me off. I was a huge Ninja Turtle fan, but I don't know if people that, I don't know if you guys read the Ninja Turtle um, originals back in the eighties, but they Not were a ton of violent. They were pretty violent. You know, they mm -hmm. weren't this comedy Disney type Ninja Turtles. Right. Not the Nickelodeon style. But The Last Starfighter was a very important film in for me to get back into enjoying sci-fi because I never even latched on to the Star Wars and all that early on. And probably because my parents were too cheap to buy me the toys. So I was jealous <laughs> more than anything. They were too cheap. And they're not listening. They're not listening. They don't listen to anything I do. They haven't listened to me since I came out of the womb. <laughs> All right. So last start for, actually, I think it's a really good choice. I haven't watched that movie in ages. Yeah, it's one of them you want to see more often. Yeah. You, you never stumble across it and you forget about it easily. But it really is a a decent film in the sci-fi eighties. No, I agree. That's a that's a very good choice. Very good. All right, Andrew, what's uh, on your go-to list on sci-fi? Um, not quite a movie, but okay. Um, it only had one season, so I I would technically Firefly. Yup. Yup. Mm. Yep. Do you love Firefly? 
Oh, Space Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> Firefly is something very, very near and dear to my heart. Um, probably my second favorite um, sci-fi series to ever be created, but that's only because I came out of the womb with a sonic screwdriver. So Doctor Who for the win. I but, get you. No, I'm, I'm a big old, big old Firefly nerd. Actually, I'm, I'm in the middle of moving right now, but in storage, I have two different editions of the first seri- season of Firefly. And then I have a big old Firefly poster. Big love Firefly. Firefly can do no wrong. Nice. Until, until they decide to trick us with that Firefly movie that wasn't a Firefly movie. And I have feelings about that. But <laughs> John says, yeah. curse the sudden but inevitable betrayal of the Fox network. Oh. So personal story about Firefly. Mm-hmm. And John's going to be really embarrassed and laugh really hard. So seven years ago today, John asked me to marry him while in Malcolm Reynolds cosplay. Ooh. <laughs> there you go. Hey, and I, I was dressed yeah. as River Song. Like we had gone to a favorite TV show um, costume party. And then he proposed after that, but he was dressed as Malcolm Reynolds. And I was only slightly disappointed that the person dressed as Malcolm Reynolds wasn't actually Nathan Fillion proposing to me, but I married him anyway. <laughs> you, you forgave him for that that I slight did. indiscretion of not being Nathan Fillion. I get that. It's not his fault. Not everybody not his, can have a jawline. Yeah, not everybody can be Nathan Fillion. I would say my favorite episode out of that series is Jamestown. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think... Uh, just that moment of when they all get there and that shock that is on everybody's <laughs> face is like, who? <laughs> so what do you think about the, the, the remake that's supposedly coming? It's one of those things where you really don't know until it comes out. From you know what, what I... I have, I have no idea what they're doing with it. So, I mean... Right. It, it could be really, really good given current technology and, and director and what, what people really, really want out of it. But so, it could also turn around and be this big disappointment. So I really can't make any form of judgment until I see at least a piece of it. Yeah, fair what enough. I, what I heard is that it's 20 years later after Serenity. the whole, Yeah. So it's not a reboot. It's a continuation. That's what I read somewhere. I don't okay. know exactly. Because all I remember seeing about it is that there was something about Firefly coming back and then um, seeing the the uh, immediate anger of all the Firefly fans that, uh, you know, that this is happening now. So it didn't, you know, just continue years ago. So the conversation is still active and open, apparently. Um but if it does, it's Disney Plus that's doing it. Right, I believe so, yeah. So it'll either be really, really good <laughs> or not. Right. Well, if they do it like, you know, like we've seen with The Mandalorian. Um, you right, know, if they get John Favreau on it, cool. Do it. <laughs> right. I have never even heard of this. Of Firefly? Ever. Ever. Whoa. What? Never even crossed my head. Oh, it is so. Go good. watch all four. Well, you're not a sci-fi guy, though, so I can forgive you for that. Yeah, but. it just doesn't. But my kids are, you know, it, my kids are tied into this science fiction and stuff. But it just didn't doesn't resonate with me for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> Nathan, in all caps, what? <laughs> Sorry, Nathan. I'm what a- the Fred? I'm a <laughs> I failed. In all caps, Firefly. And in case you're wondering, Nathan is Nick's Nick's brother. So um I'm a failure. <laughs> failure. We have sound effects now? What? Oh, I do. I do. Oh, okay. I was like, hey, we got sound effects. How cool is that? <laughs> Look at us being no, it's <laughs> Oh, that's our guest. We're gonna have to have him back every week now, and he's making us run a soundboard like we're for special. us. I'm like, oh wow, we did something cool. Yeah, we didn't do anything cool. <laughs> we did. We got Fred on here. That's a weird sentence. Yeah, we could do this one, Tim. I got one for you. Okay. Jeff Dwaskin. 
Name drop. <laughs> <laughs> I always have to run my Jeff Dwoskin name drop. <laughs> oh. Has he been on your show yet? Yes, actually, he has. Uh, his his episode goes so Zach and Dylan from Some Nobodies. Their episode drops tomorrow morning, uh, and then the following week will be um, will be Jeff's episode. Okay, so I'm sure, he'll, I'm sure he's going to mention a few people he's met and. Well, that's kind of Jeff's thing. If you, once you guys get to know Jeff, uh, we always kind of tease him about being a name dropper. He Jeff's a really good guy, hysterical stand-up comedian. Um, he's got some really good stuff out there. But he he has his own show live from Detroit, the Jeff Dewaskin show. And uh, but yeah, so he he's uh, not against a little name dropping every now and then. So all right, so those are the those are the sci-fi's that keep you coming back. So there's there's. Uh, uh, Last Starfighter and Firefly. I think those are good choices. Because now I want to go home and watch Last Starfighter. I got. <laughs> you should watch I mean, Firefly, I, Tim. I could. I have the. I have the technology. A remake, Tim. A remake of the Last Starfighter wouldn't be bad in my mind if they could update it and just bring more to it. But I'm afraid that the video game aspect of it has changed so much. Yeah. It's not the uh, the you know the Galaga days anymore with that that type of yeah. Tim's although the, although that might make it interesting too, and I thought they were remaking Last Starfighter as well. They might be. They make everything over. They're well, remaking, you know, they're remaking. Um, what do you call it that I have on my wall back there with John Candy and tra- trains, planes, and automobiles. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're remaking it with Kevin Hart and Will Smith. Right now. Okay, I, I could probably see that one. I mean, that's 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 a good cast. I just didn't. Well, know is it? Be a thing. It is, in my opinion, it is, but only if you reverse the roles, because obviously you're probably thinking Kevin Hart is John Candy role. That's what mm-hmm. I would assume. I think if it was the opposite, maybe it could work, just to take away the obvious. But yeah, science fiction, not John. Yeah, Hill. yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, so here's uh, here's a little something on the Starfighter thing. So, um, sequel is still in the works. It's not a remake; it's a sequel. He's saying, but and it's with the original writers. So this could be interesting. Hmm. So, I mean, the artwork for it—if that's the artwork—that looks kind of cool. So yeah. that could, could be interesting. So we'll check that out. All for it. Let them do it. Yeah, if it's a sequel, that could that could be interesting. It could be a different. I'd rather I'd rather a sequel than a than a remake, personally. You know. Yeah, most but, things. Yeah, on the, on something like this, because the you know the, the original story was so so iconic to me. But all right, well, let's talk a little bit of uh, modern nerdery. So we talked about this uh, in pre-show that, uh, and actually, I think Kathleen wanted to talk about this, so I'm going to shut up. They announced the cast for Obi-Wan today. Like, I know. I know. I'm so excited. Like, sorry. <laughs> Tone it down. So, so I'll, I'll bring up that image. You can keep talking. I binge watched four, five, and six again this weekend. Episodes four, five, and six. Because we started with four and it just felt wrong to stop before I got to the end of six. But going from episode three to episode four... And you miss, like, the rise of Vader. And so with the Obi-Wan show being 10 years after episode three, getting to see Darth Vader come into his power and getting to see Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader is so exciting to me. Besides the fact that it's Ewan McGregor. I didn't even know Hayden Christensen was alive. He... (laughs) He did a lot less acting after episode three because the writings for episode one, two, and three were horrendous. I love the movies, but the writing was terrible. Well, I'll give you that, especially on two, one, and two. I thought three was better, but there was still... Three was better. Yeah. George shouldn't write. He's the idea guy. Yeah. And that was the thing. is like That was what John and I were talking about while we were watching it was the... He's great for the ideas. He created this open concept world that they got to build so much around his his original idea but don't let him write the dialogue right so i'm kind of curious who these other people are going to be in the episode so curious. I... obviously we know that 
Ewan McGregor will be Obi-Wan, Hayden will be Anakin slash Darth Vader. Um, Joel Edgerton is, is going to reprise his role as uh, as uh, Lars, Uncle Lars. And Bonnie, you could tell that Bonnie probably lives where the sun doesn't shine as much. Right. To the on on the other side of the planet. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm kind of curious because I like uh, uh, and I can never pronounce this guy's name, but Kumal Najani. Yeah, Najani. He's an amazing actor, and I'm really curious to see what he's what role he'll be playing. Uh, Sung Kang is very good, and of course, there's Ice Cube Junior over there in the bottom left corner. So, um, yeah, so I'm I'm really kind of curious what uh, what roles these guys are going to be playing in the show, how it's all going to come out. I think I, from what I've read so far, it's expected to be uh, a six to eight episode miniseries, kind of like what we got with uh, uh, WandaVision and what we got we're getting with Falcon and Winter Soldier right now. So. The only other um, character that they've confirmed is that Bonnie is going to be Baru. Like, okay, that's so she's Amber. All. She's Amber. Okay. Can we bring back TV shows that have like twenty episodes in a season? <laughs> I would love that. I mean, I liked that Wanda Vision was a miniseries. I don't like how it it didn't do what we wanted it to, but it was still good. <laughs> It, well, I think it did, and I think it didn't. I think that there was just so many fan theories out there that it was going to be hard to please everybody. Right, and, and a lot of people were making stuff up where they're like, oh, you mean it's not about this? And they were like, no, no, that's not what that's <laughs> Another what show I have not watched yet. Right. <laughs> or Orion Vision was supposed to be right before uh, Far From Home. That's right, right around the, the, the placement of it. So, no, I think they did brilliantly with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm very curious as to, you know, what all the possible tie-ins are now for the, the next stage of the MCU and and you know what what possible introductions this set up because there's so many things where it looks like it could have set up the X-Men where it, you know with the mutants being made or it looks like they could be bringing in the Fantastic Four. Uh, it looks like they possibly introduced two members of the Young Avengers in the show, mm-hmm. um, you know, with Speed and Wiccan and. All of the above. <laughs> I am so ready for them to start doing more Fantastic Four for one particular reason. Um, so the Fantastic Four is one of the few groups that were able to hold um, the Infinity Gauntlet. And so I'm really wanting to see that tied in. Right. To, to, to this version of MCU. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I'm nervous, though, with anything that says Fantastic Four on it because... Um, uh, 2015 scared scares me. Yeah. Um, and and then uh, well, there was the 80s TV show. Uh, the the two the two movies that were before the 2015, I actually didn't mind those. Um, I really didn't. I I, I thought the Silver Surfer one was was much better than the original, but there was a little too much a little too much camp in it. Oh, I agree. But yeah, they sillied it up too much, you know. And I, I didn't like the fact that Galactus was a um, just a space cloud. I am looking forward yeah. to the multiverse. Bring it all together. I oh, with the, with the Doctor Strange movie? Yeah, I want all of my fandoms in one spot. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's gonna be kind of cool. It'll give us. It's called Disney Plus. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's called Disney Plus. Just have them all on screen at the same time now. All right, so let's talk about some of the stuff that's coming up on Disney Plus. And and Fred, I know that you said you haven't watched uh, WandaVision or Mandalorian, but is there anything um, that's I'm coming gonna start, up? I'm going to watch Lord of the Rings first, and then mm. uh, you know, because I haven't watched that either yet. Seriously, it's a solid choice. It's a good movie. There you go. The books or are better. I haven't seen a minute of Harry Potter either yet, so I'm okay with that. I can wait. I, yeah, Lord of the Rings wait. is first. I read the books, so. I'll go to the Lord of the Rings, and then I'll slowly move through the years from 20 years ago. <laughs> I'll catch up to you by the time we're in our 80s. There you go. <laughs> well, yes, that's all John. yes, we need a good Doctor Doom. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, J- John, what would your fan casting of Doctor Doom be? Mm. That's what I want to know. That is a dangerous question because for him. I, I have half of an imaginary cast for a fantastic four that i would like to see but i'm curious <laughs> who you would like to see for uh for dr uh, dr doom 
Actually, I have an idea of who I would like to. Uh, yes, Scott Curtis, this is a live broadcast. Uh, <laughs> hi, Scott Curtis. Bring you back up there for more than half a second because I got a little little handsy with the mouse. <laughs> Getting a little um, click happy over there. I, I did get a little click happy. Um, actually, I have an idea of who I would like to see play Doctor Doom uh, because I would like to see him play a bad guy role, and I think it'd be fun. Wait, I'd like an to answer see, from John Wass. I want to see Nathan Fillion play mm. Doctor Doom. He's got the now. If you compare him with the the Doctor Doom, the guy who was in uh, uh, was it Mad Men or not Mad John Men? John Ham, um, not John Ham, the other guy. Oh, anyway, fun. but he was in a, a, the the show the the with the doctors, the, the plastic surgeon show. Um, but he played Doctor Doom in the first two movies. There's a similar look there, but Nathan Fillion could could hit the sarcasm. So much better, and I would like to see Doctor Doom played with a little bit. And Nathan Fillion has the the ability to be a little more gruff in his voice, in the way he approaches things. And I would like to see him kind of flex that a little bit in the. Doctor I think Doom he character. would make a good villain. I don't know, Just, but go in comic book Doctor Doom. He's a little like I mean that dude is manipulatively evil. Yeah, I um, I want to see Giancardo Esposito. Isn't that okay? Is that how you say his name? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, Gideon from Mandalorian, um, chicken dude from um, uh, Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. I would like to see him as Doctor Doom. So, you want to see Moff Gideon as, as Doctor Doom? Mm -hmm. That would be pretty <laughs> cool. <laughs> Nathan, this is a 10 minute banning. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Jim Carrey. <laughs> We hate to have to kick you out at this stage of the game. Um, I personally did like his role as Dr. Robotnik. I did too. Yeah. But not quite Dr. I wouldn't say it would be Dr. Do. There are four, four people in the MCU universe who S.H.I.E.L.D. say would be the, or the most uh, hazardous villains of all time. And they are villain, uh, Venom, Doctor Doom, and there are two more, and I can't think of who they are right now. Um, I was afraid of the Venom movie when it came out because of how badly ooh. Venom was done in Spider-Man Three. That really scared me. All right, so the one before that, John's comment, I have to agree with him on this. All right, I, here I, we go. I think I could see that. I kind of want to see Matt, Matt Smith, Smith. make a stab at being a villain. It's an MCU tradition to have a doctor appear as a band guy. A bad guy. Maybe not Doom, but someone. That David, would be really cool. David Tennant. David Tennant did so good as Kilgrave. Yes, he was amazing as Kilgrave. Honestly, I think one of the best MCU written villains, and it was a shame that it wasn't on the big screen, but he was brilliant in Jessica Jones. Matt Smith as Doctor Doom could be, or even just any MCU villain that they could pull him in as. And, uh, Nathan might disagree with you about uh, Moff Gideon. I barely liked Moff Gideon as Moff Gideon. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. All right. So, uh, yeah, because that's I think that's one of the things that's going to going to scare a lot of people away is with any talk of Fantastic Four is a who's going to write it, and B it's going to come down to casting. So it's going to have to have a strong writer and cast. <laughs> oh. Your brother's got issues, dude. I know. Yeah. All right. So uh, let, let's talk about what's on the horizon for you personally uh, in your own personal shows. We brought you guys on the show. I'm going to give you a couple minutes here for each of you to talk about your shows. Let people know who are listening, who you are, what you are, where you're from, what you're doing. Um, let's see, uh, Andrew, we'll go alphabetical order. Why don't you go first to talk about your voiceover coffee shop and anything else you got going? Yeah. So, um, yeah, my voiceover career has been hitting really hard this year and it's been really good. It's been getting a lot more love than I ever expected it to. But, um, last year with the pandemic happening, um, we have something called uh, VO Atlanta in the voiceover community 
or in Atlanta, it's this giant seminar where where you kind of rub elbows with people and and you learn and you have the opportunity to perform in front of casting directors and learn from the best of the best. And it's just this beautiful, wonderful networking opportunity. But with the pandemic, it all happened online. So you don't exactly have the chance to kind of rub elbows with people. So mm-hmm. I started just going and I was like, well, hey, I want people to be a little bit more than a name on a screen or on my Facebook feed or on my LinkedIn or whatever. So I started emailing people and messaging people and be like, hey, you've got like 10 to 15 minutes. Do you want to sit and have coffee? And I kind of want to pick your brain a little bit. And I got a lot of the, well, here's my uh, business consultation form. I cost $150 <laughs> an hour. And I was like, no, 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 no. It's, it's not really about that. And so expecting maybe one or two people to opt in a week, I was getting like 200 Zoom meetings scheduled a week. And it was crazy. Because I do a lot of voiceover work. I do animation, video games, audiobooks, e-learning modules for hospitals. I do commercial mm-hmm. work. I do promos. But as an animation guy, I don't know what it's like to go work on a Warner Brothers production. As an e-learning guy, I do a lot of e-learning. But I don't know the dark shadows of somebody that's been doing e-learning for like the past 30 years. And through all these Zoom calls, I was gaining all of this information that it was just ridiculous and i wanted the opportunity to kind of share that as a resource to potential voiceover artists what exactly do we do every single day that's aside from the same 10 questions you're seeing voiceover artists being asked over and over and over in interviews how are they instilling value to their client what um, you know them as this role but what role really sat well with them and what was the character development process of that like mm-hmm. They take mm-hmm. their coffee in their morning in the morning. So <laughs> I created something called the voiceover coffee shop, where it was kind of like my little personal resource, and it ended up just getting a lot of love and a lot more traction than I ever expected it to have. So that's what I've been working really, really hard on, and it's been a blast. I've got people like Bob Bergen, who is the voice of Porky Pig, but he's also the voice of No Face from Spirit Away and Bucky from all the Winter Soldier video games and Bucky the Squirrel from The Emperor's New Groove. I've got people Mm -hmm. that do all the narrative stuff for um, IHOP and Discovery Channel. I've got people... I got Sam Quasman, who you know Sam. Uh, Sam is um, Little Quacker from Tom and Jerry. Mm -hmm. He does a bunch of stuff for Adult Swim. And so... It's just me and my friends sitting and having coffee and talking about the voiceover industry, kind of showing behind the smoke and mirrors of what we do. Yeah. Uh, now, I, I actually subscribe to uh, both, you know, both you guys and all your podcasts. And I have to say that one of the things I love about the voiceover coffee shop is it's it it's um, it's a nice behind, like he's already said, it's a nice behind the scenes look. I like the fact that. It's not somebody, it's not an audition tape. It's not 50 minutes of some guy sitting there going, well, here's a voice I did over here. And this is how I do that voice. It's actually, if somebody's even thinking about getting into the the voiceover community, I think that this is a, a perfect podcast for them to listen to because they're, they're listening to industry veterans talk about what they do, how they do, why they do it. Um, and it's, it's actually just a really fun conversation to listen to, even if you're not looking to get into voiceovers. Um, recently my wife and I were driving back from Virginia and I, I think we listened to every episode you had available at the time. Oh, thank we, you. Yeah, we, we had, a, we absolutely enjoyed it. Um, which is, you know, kind of nice because my wife and I have very differing opinions on, on what's entertainment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, love you, honey. And, um, you know, so, uh, that was kind of cool for me. So kudos to you on the voiceover coffee shop. Uh, strongly recommend everybody get a chance to listen to that. Fred, what about you? What do you got going on over there? Well, before before we get into me, I wanted to tell Andrew that my next door neighbor is H. John Benjamin's parents are my next door neighbors. And I don't know if you guys know who H. John Benjamin is, but he's... No, but I feel like I need to. Yeah, well, H. John Benjamin is the voice of Archer. He's the voice of Can the you RB. The RVs, he does Family Guy, he does Bob's Burgers, he's all the voices on Bob's Burger. We need to talk with him. I don't see him that often. I mean, his parents are very elder and live next door to me. So, and he used to be my boss too. So, 
So but, if you could, if you could feign a, a need to go over there and like repair something on their computer or something, <laughs> and then just give us the phone number, you know, what a cup of sugar, you know, bring up a bag of flour, whatever, make it happen. Get us the phone yeah, number. And I will. But All right. About me, I am the host of Within the Head of Fred, which is that right there. And within the head of Fred is I got it rated as rated R. And the only reason it is a rated R podcast is because we are very open minded. We speak about things that a lot of people do not speak about, but we usually are pretty compassionate about it to a point, you know, comedy draws a line in certain ways. So Jennifer and I do that. And that's every Saturday. But my newest baby is ending the stigma path to recovery, which is a drastic 180 degree turn for me from one show to the other because this show is more about mental health and we have live call-ins and it's a live show it's on wednesdays now 8 30 to 9 30 and we let addicts call into us and this is done with me and scott silverman who is a life coach out of san diego and it's it's been very well received it's a slow roll and a slow grow but it's very, um, it, it feel you feel good after you did it, and yeah. you also feel bad, but you also feel fortunate, and all the things you know. So we're, <laughs> we're very passionate about that. It goes into the suicide. Actually, Tim was on the show with mm-hmm. us um, at one point. I don't remember what we talked about with you. We we yeah. talked about uh, the importance of recognizing the need for mental health, uh, and and people acknowledging the need for their own mental health. Uh, and that was on the back of my other podcast focused on forward. So that's what, what I was there as wasn't there as, as funny science fiction, but, uh, yeah, I don't think funny science fiction and ending the stigma go together, but funny science fiction and within the head of Fred might, there you go. Absolutely. And that's why we, you know, I came on as focused on forward, but yeah, you, you and Scott were, were kind enough uh, to have me on. And, uh, I thought we had a really nice conversation that night. Scott's such an easy guy to work with. Anyway, he's got such a depth of knowledge, um, about all that stuff and just, yeah, he's lived it you know, yeah, he's, really, he's lived that life and he's open about it. And that's what it's going to take to change the mental health spectrum of everything is just talking about it and ending the stigma, stop stigmatizing people, whether they're yeah. homeless, suicidal, you know, struggling with a life issue. Cause we've all been there that maybe not mm-hmm. to certain extremes, but we've been there on one end or the other, or you mm-hmm. might be on your way there. So what you say today, tomorrow could change everything. So, we just got to be a little more compassionate. But other than that, I, I'm a screenwriter and I make my money writing books. Books are where my paycheck comes from. There you go. You just had a you just had a book come out too, didn't you? No, I have a book coming out April. When is my book coming? April 13th. April, okay. April 13th. I have a, it's my company's, it's my first published book as a publisher. And it's called the 70s eight track. And it's an anthology of eight authors who took eight songs from the 70s and wrote eight different stories about it. So that's available on Amazon now. And okay. I haven't written a full length novel in a, quite a while. And I probably should get back on that. <laughs> a little. Well, you know, it's not like you've been busy doing other things, you know, like other podcasts and yeah. talking to other people and trying to get shows up and going and, and surviving a global pandemic. That's right. And my children, <laughs> my children drive me nuts. So, well, That's yeah, they're supposed to do. Yeah. Well, not at 20. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm 28 and I think I've still drive my mom nuts. So, yeah, well, I'm changing my phone number. So next <laughs> me from upstairs. My oldest is 22 and I, I don't think that that has changed yet. So, you know, he even like moved away from you and he's still annoyed. He did. He did. But, you know, that's I always tell him that's his superpower. So. But all right. Well, hey, cool. Uh, Andrew, thank you so much for for being on Funny Science Fiction. Fred, thank you as well. Uh, Really had a good time with you guys. Thanks for being our guinea pigs and trying out our new game and and, uh, you know, putting up with our lack of. Yeah. Putting up with our lack of sci fi knowledge (laughs) um, or at least bad sci fi knowledge. So, yeah, I'd love to do this again. Yeah, we'd love to have you guys back again. Uh, and Fred, you, you're you're funnier than you think you are, and you fit in well. Thanks. You, thanks. you, you done did it, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Hold on. <laughs> if nothing else, we're gonna. Have, if nothing else, we're gonna have you back for the sound effects. Yeah. So I've, I've got a lot of them. There you go. John, right, if you're guys. still listening, I need a sound effects board. There you go. 
All right, guys. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Uh, thanks for being a part of Sun Funny Science Fiction Live. On behalf of the rest of the hosts of Funny Science Fiction, we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on one of our future episodes, please contact us by means of our Facebook group, Funny Science Fiction. You can find us on Twitter or Instagram using the handle at Funny Sci-Fi, or you can go to DraytonAllen.com and click the Contact Me link at the bottom of the page. Thanks again. Hope you enjoyed the episode. 